Hello, this is Hope, and you're listening to Covert Castaway. Welcome to my weekly diary of what I learn and how I cope with transitioning to life as a liveaboard cruiser. In today's podcast, I share my conversation with my husband about the initial commissioning going on in La Rochelle, France, while I'm still in California. Later in the day, after we recorded it, the travel ban was announced, and I'll share our own personal dilemma for what comes next. I'm recording this podcast from our house in Tahoe, in a blizzard which is why you might hear the 40-mile-per-hour winds howling in the background from time to time while I'm recording. This isn't what I had planned. I should have been traveling globally for work in the midst of major activities going on with my company, which is why I wasn't initially going to be in France for our commissioning and why my husband went early. Instead, my husband would take the lead, and I would meet him there at the back end of his six-week trip, and we would fly back together. At least, that was the plan. Everything, of course, has changed. With my work travel canceled and now everyone working from home, I chose to head to Tahoe. The view is better, and getting out of the Bay Area didn't sound like a terrible idea. Things are a bit more low-key up here, with people more concerned about stocking up for the coming storm than what was going on with the virus. And the local grocery stores still have plenty of toilet paper. This little slice of normalcy certainly is helpful when I start missing him really badly. The day after this was recorded, we had a long discussion about possible scenarios where he and I may be separated for quite some time. We're taking it day by day, but the likelihood of my now going to travel to meet him seems pretty small. While he's a citizen and the current travel ban doesn't directly apply, at least as of today, he would still have to travel by train to Paris, through the Paris airport, fly on a 13-hour flight back through San Francisco, and then quarantine himself for two weeks upon his return home. We're big fans of Dr. Fauci, who said he certainly wouldn't fly if given the choice. So there you go. The worst case would be that my husband stays there for some time, potentially moving onto the boat while both countries have found a way to contain the spread of the virus. Both of us are healthy, so we even discussed pursuing our original plans with me joining him, which might increase our risk of getting it, but if we're going to get it anyway at some point, that would be that. But should we need treatment, getting it in a surge in a foreign country would probably be a problem. Or perhaps there would be some other unknown issues that unfold as we try to return. With all that somber news up front, I do want to share the conversation we recorded that picks up where we left off last time as the boat was coming out of the factory and waiting for its ride to the port for commissioning and splash. Doing this podcast is a helpful distraction for me, and hopefully it continues to be helpful for you guys out there too. Okay, so we have a lot to catch up on. I think uh, what's interesting is to hear about how the boat got transported over, what that was like. Uh, There was sort of some last-minute confusion on timing and uh, talk about what's been going on on commissioning over the last couple weeks. So how was it seeing the boat on a big trailer and and how how that ended up going, kind of getting from the factory over to the Port of La Rochelle? Yes, <clears throat> so the um, the boat was transported to Port of La Rochelle without any problem. But stepping back, it was uh, it was a little interesting because initially it was scheduled on a Thursday. Um, then the night before, I got a call that it would not be Thursday, but then Friday, 
And um, I was like, okay, no big deal. And then uh, on Thursday evening, got a call that, um, okay, it's going to be transported on Friday, but not Friday morning as usual as all the transport seems to happen, but on the, in the or like at 12.30. So I'm like, okay. And, uh, and suddenly mid-morning, I get a call from Baptiste. They say, I just heard from Pierre. The boat is already on the way. What? <laughs> I know. And so um, sleeping in. <laughs> which is uh, well, I know. What you're I was, doing. No, I was not <laughs> sleeping in, but it was suddenly like, okay, how, how do we find the boat? <laughs> and so, oh, no, you had to like drive around and find the boat. Yeah. So, well, we had to uh, first find each other with Batiste. He had offered to uh, to drive behind the boat so we can follow the boat uh, all the way from the factory. But in this case, we had to um, uh, get a hold of the driver and find a meeting point and um, and then follow the boat for the remaining of the trip. So, so that 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 worked out. Went with the flow. Um, it was just a little confusion when they. Um, uh, when they check with a transport company. Yeah. Okay. So you're chasing the boat down. So you catch up with the boat. So were there any, you know, scary parts? Like when you were worried it was going to tilt weird or fall off or anything? And it's it's definitely a, a little tense. And then you realize that, you know, it's, uh, they're used to it. And yeah, they, they do, do the this job. for a living. Yeah. Yeah. What, what I was really shocked about is there is one driver who, drives the truck, but at the same time controls the hydraulic system on the truck to lift the boat up and down and to tilt it. And I was really impressed that that was the job for one guy. I talked to, to the guy afterwards. He says, yeah, you need to sleep well the night before. And, yeah. and it's definitely draining <laughs> to do this. But It's just impressive because yeah. the videos you sent were, you know, through these little tiny roundabouts and stuff. And I thought that was really mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the boat shows up at the port. And um, they put it up on blocks. And um, yeah, so you got a chance to kind of look at everything for the first time. What was that like? You know, you see boats on blocks and you don't think too much about it. But when you see your own boat being like, you know, kind of put down on those little blocks and you're like, oh, should we add anything? (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, but you're like, trust that that they know what to do. Teeter-tottering on these little blocks. Yeah. Yeah. And so the boat hasn't moved. There was there was a lot of windy days, and I would swing by some bicycle and checking the boat was still yeah. <laughs> there. And, yeah, uh, but you got to see the the boat, the underside of the boat for the first time. So there was yeah, of, just you know in yeah. The so you walk around, and and um, definitely there are a lot of holes <laughs> in the boat, and um, and especially with the heads for and the. Uh, so there is the owner's side, there is one cabin uh, and then one bathroom. But on the other side, you have two uh, two heads next to each other. And so you have a lot of holes. And when you see that, you're like, oh, no, <laughs> that doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. On top of that, we're adding more holes uh, because, you know, we put like the, the blue water lights. The four uh, so underwater. There's four underwater four. lights, right? Yeah. And what were those other bigger holes? I forget. What oh, yeah. Mean? Those are like drainage and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So there's that. Uh, there are holes because we are adding uh, salt water intake for our heads. Uh, so there'll be more holes there. So, yeah, in the end, 
It's a lot of holes. holes. Well, that's the thing is, you know, when we were kind of thinking through, oh, should we get this? Should we get that? You know, all these features on the options list, you know, you're like, yeah, we should do this and that. And then you look at like how many holes it creates in the bottom of the boat. It's kind of scary, right? Like it it is. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a difference between the holes that are underwater and the holes that are above water. Yeah. but when you look at the boat sitting on blocks, uh, everything looks <laughs> like, <laughs> like one, one big, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so funny. Cool. And so, yeah, so all the commissioning has sort of started over the last week or so. And you've gotten a package, too, from, um, you know, some other equipment we ordered. So mm-hmm. sort of living in that whole project mess. So I guess start with, you know, what are they starting on on the boat itself? When you went over there and kind of checked it out yeah they've been because the weather has been um pretty bad raining and yeah. cold and windy uh so they've definitely focused on on the interior or some electrical work we've added some uh, some plugs we they haven't done this yet but uh we as part of a package we got there was a tv in the salon but it's 32 inch tv uh, which is a little small for the for the salon and so we're moving this one to the uh, owner's version, the owner's cabin, and I bought a 43-inch TV, uh, so they'll they'll swap those. Let's see. Well, they they do some work in the in the engine compartments. They've been adding the MPPD controllers. Uh, that's in preparation for when we will put the uh, the frame with the solar panels. Today they were adding these uh, fuel filters. Um, and we just before you move on, we ditched a couple batteries in that process. Too, yeah, was, so <laughs> that was that was interesting because um, so the, the factory out of the factory by default the boat comes out with four AGM batteries. You have the option to add one mm-hmm. uh, through uh, Fontaine Peugeot, so we have five, and and then we had made the decision to add two more so a total of seven uh, because we had uh, we have 2000 watt solar panels and then i get and by the, the way boat. like coming to that conclusion took us a long time because we were doing all of those calculations and figuring out how much power we needed and the you know battery storage and capacity of yeah. the solar panels i mean so this wasn't just like a oh yeah let's just add two batteries it actually took us some time to think through that so i was really surprised how quickly that decision changed you know once well we and not, not counting the conversations about lithium oh, yeah. and all this research and, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and everything so so though i get to the boat and and i see someone working in the uh, starboard engine compartment and uh, and um and then I see that uh, they're preparing like a platform. And they're like, oh, it's like, what are you doing? And they said, oh, that's where the two additional batteries will go. And, and I'm thinking, oh, is there another spot? Because I thought we will use this spot for, for, the, um, uh, for the air compressor. Uh, right, because for diving, dive. to fill our tanks, yeah. Yeah, so then at that point, I'm like, oh, man, where, where else? Where can, is there another spot for the batteries? And then if not, then where else can we put the, the air compressor? And, and so plus I had some other questions, and I needed to meet with Pierre from Michimara. And so it's great. Um, talk to Baptiste, and Baptiste talked to Pierre. And then uh, on Friday afternoon, he came to the boat, and we had a kind of a conversation about this. Yeah, but the point, I guess the thing that's so, fa- again, just fascinating is they're doing stuff and they're putting batteries in places because we said, oh, add a couple batteries. And next thing you know, now we have no place to put our air compressor. 
And so these are the kinds of things I think that are, it's useful for you to be there in person and see kind of as it's going on, you know, because they wouldn't necessarily know that, right? Well, it's not there is no place to put the air compressor if the batteries are there because the other people have put the air compressor in some other locations on the boat. And uh, so you could put it in compartment four. Sure, I, could, that, but that's where we plan to put it. Like, you know, we don't want to put it yeah. in the yeah, bow of the, the boat time, because you got to carry your, your tanks or whatever to the front of the correct. boat back. Yeah, exactly. There hasn't been that level of communication with our dealer to say, okay, if we installed the seventh batteries, you know, we didn't ask the question, where, where, where would they located? go? Yeah, exactly. And and they didn't ask, like, hey, by the way, are you planning to? Where are you going to put your air compressor? Yeah, you know? exactly. So those are the things that you're not thinking about, you know, mm-hmm. because you you have so many other things to think about. So ideally. Uh, those type of details will be discussed, you know, beforehand. So you don't have to do a last minute change. It's just so funny. Again, like I said, you know, you make all these calculations and have countless, you know, conversations, you get advice from people, you go, okay, we're going to add two more batteries. And then it goes completely out the window on the ground. And you're yeah. Kind of, so and, hopefully, and I mean, I'm crossing my fingers that we made the right decision on that. But yeah, yeah well, I think so. And yeah. uh, and also in three to four years, uh, the expectation will be that we'll probably switch to lithium. It'll be cheaper and there'll be more options. So worst case, yeah. I don't know. I think we'll be okay, especially the, what, what he was saying with the 2000 watt of those new solar panels. They're very, very efficient. So, so we'll see. We'll just have to leave on the boat and, and monitor. But Okay, so let's switch a little bit. So we ordered a bunch of uh, equipment and supplies, yes, yeah. um, extra, just extra stuff. And I'll let you talk about kind of what all that, because it's staring you at the face, in the face, because it's in your apartment right now. <laughs> yeah, boxes. yeah. But, it's you know, for, uh, let's start with like, describe, you, you borrowed your mom's car, like describe the size of the car, because I've seen the car. It is not a large car. <laughs> by um, so then yeah, you had to so, go pick all this stuff up. So um. yeah, and um, so yeah, my my parents live um, you know two, two and a half yeah. hours away. So I was able to <laughs> borrow their car, which was very helpful to go to the bigger stores because they're like fifteen minutes away from from downtown. Um, but also because there was this shipment that we were going to get. So I didn't know like really how big it would be. And uh, so the car, the car is, is a decent sized car, I would say for, especially for a French car. For um, a French car, but in, in U.S. terms, it's yeah. a tiny car. It's like, a, I would call it a subcompact car. If you're renting a car, it's a very tiny car. Yeah, it has a, a type of, it's like a small SUV because it has like a top, like a hatchback mm, type it's thing. It's a like, hatchback, but it's it's yeah. not an SUV. It's- not, not in the size compared to the US. Yeah. But, um, and then, you know, it's an older car, so the, the, you can fold the, the backrest on the seat. But the seat, you know, nowadays, I was like expecting the seat to like disappear in the yeah, bottom no. of the car. You know? yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, I'll need the top. So when you went to the warehouse and you were looking at all the stuff you had to fit in there, how did you even get it in the car? Oh, well, it's just, um, yeah, I just started to organize stuff and loading the car little by little. And, and then I had a call, you know, so that's I like a special up. talent. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, um, yeah. So, so what still, was in there? Yeah. What was in there? What oh, was there's a lot of gears, um, that are, you know, like for rigging the stuff, safety stuff, uh, lines, mm-hmm. uh, bunch of like, uh, equipment, uh, I mean, various equipments like, uh, 
knives and jack lines and you know life jackets and fenders and I don't know everything spare parts and <laughs> yeah blocks yeah. and yeah. so lots of stuff mm-hmm. So, yeah, and a life raft. So I still have the life raft. Uh, so basically, I put everything in my car, came to the apartment. Oh, you can fit the life raft. That's so funny. Yeah. Well, plus, it's super heavy. And so I was like, there is no point to bring it, you know, to the apartment. I would need really something to wheel it there here. And so I was like, well, can I put it inside the boat? Uh, but the boat is on blocks. So to lift it up there, that would oh, be... Oh, no. Be, yeah, that's not going to so, work. But, but everybody is like super, super helpful, super nice. So I talked to the guy from the warehouse and said, hey, you know, can I, can I leave the, 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 <laughs> uh, the life raft for a little longer in the, in, the, in the warehouse, in your warehouse until the boat is put in the water? So does that mean when I get there, I have to help you carry the life raft? <laughs> yeah, depending on the, well, <laughs> except I've returned the car to my parents, so mm. we don't have a car. And then if it's not before, if it's when you come, then we'll rent a car anyway and yeah. move around. So, <gasps> but hopefully, yeah, the boat will be in the water by then and, and then uh, it'll be easier to, uh, to bring the, the life raft on the boat. Yeah. Okay. So what's happening happening with the mast and all the cables oh, yeah. and stuff and then, going through and like and, and before that, because I've been doing some Amazon shopping, so I've been buying like tools and so I've been collecting those in, in the apartment here. <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, it's really like a like a warehouse here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like your apartment. Yeah. yeah. So the the mast, yeah, the boat was. People scheduled. must be wondering what you're doing. Like they must. Be um, yeah, curious. I don't know. <laughs> Although yeah. it is next to a port, so maybe they see it a lot more. Yeah, and I have also like two folding bikes in the apartment. <laughs> so lots of. And stuff. you're one person. They're like, "What's going on? What's with the?" Yeah, thing? yeah. What is he trafficking in there? Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, the mast went up this morning. Um, so that was pretty cool. It's a well, again, well-coordinated uh, effort uh, with a company that does, you know, um, raise the mast uh, with Uchimara that has to prepare everything uh, beforehand and also, you know, work with that company to, to basically put the mast, safe, mast safely on the boat. And, and it, everything happens very quickly. Um, they Were they attached- able to put the spare halyard in there? Yeah, not the spare ones. So we bought new ones, mm-hmm. um, higher quality ones, and then smaller diameter. Um, so yeah, I had brought those lines onto the boat, labeled them, and I'm not sure if they did it uh, last night or before leaving or early this morning. But um, yeah, that was yeah. Done. That's cool that we got that done because uh, having to redo that after the mass was up would be, you know, I yeah, mean, it's, obviously it's, you have to know how to do that anyway, but. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not too bad to run the lines, but, and so I might have to swap the, like maybe the main, one oh, of the main might be okay, I don't know, but uh, like the spin halyard, spinnaker halyard, uh, because there are some issues sometimes the way the lines are being run inside the mast and then there might be some chafing. Um, so it might be good to use the FP line and then, uh, and after a few sales, see if there's any chafing or not. And then if, if there is any resolve the issue, hopefully, and only until, you know, that's everything is resolved and put the nice, <laughs> the nice halyard in there. So, so I might swap out uh, maybe the spin halyard at one point. 
Mm. And then uh, they'll do, so for all the rigging, the standing rigging, so they, they put that pretty quickly. And then, then somebody goes up the mast. Um, so they have to send somebody uh, up the mast to remove the attachment uh, to this crane. Um, and at the same time, they go up, they put um, uh, the, the wind instruments up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, because so, they have to run the cables for all the navigation stuff. To, oh, the it's, it's impressive how many cables are like <laughs> they're mm-hmm. coming down from the mast. Uh, there's like so many antennas, and you have the radar, and you have the iridium gold, you have the VHF antenna, you have the TV antenna, you have like so many things. And we still have to add one more. Uh, so this one was a little unfortunate because we, um, at the time, we looked at. Uh, uh, well, people were using adding in the kind of Wi-Fi antenna to have extended range to to get Wi-Fi when you get in the marina or you at anchor somewhere. But mm-hmm. most people nowadays don't do this. Um, they just buy a SIM card and and use the data. And so what you need is really like a cellular antenna mm-hmm. uh, with a router. Um, so at the time. We had we had probably added the uh, I think it was called Bad Boy this antenna at some time. Then we decided to remove it because the owners were like all uh, the owners were saying it's useless. It's not worth was the it money. Was it Rogue Wave Bad Boy? I think it was. Yeah, Rogue. it was called like Bad Boy or Big Boy or something like stupid <laughs> like this. <laughs> and um, so so we removed that, but we never afterwards really look at solutions uh, for mm-hmm. like cellular. Um, kind of extended range for cellular and so, so that still has that was, to be resolved uh, so that was a conversation that i had at the time when pierre from chimena came so he said okay you know we use uh, glomex and and some owners use it and they seem to be happy with it and it's kind of a little satellite you know a little dome mm-hmm. um so it seems to be okay but then the sim cards you have like two slots uh, they are directly on the dome so you either ideally you put it up as high as you want Mm-hmm. as you can because then you have better range um but then if you want to swap uh, sim cards then you have to go up to the mast and <laughs> swap cards so it's not super convenient and then um there was another system that uh i was told about uh that seemed to uh to be better uh but you know we we're trying to do this before the mast goes up and i talked to um to Pochon, a kind of electronic type company uh, here in, in La Rochelle. And they didn't have this, but then they recommended another device uh, from a company called, um, so the, the one I was talking about earlier was called from Digi- Digital Yacht, and mm-hmm. that's a UK company. And But they recommended um, a router called uh, PepWave. Uh, it's from a company called PepLink in California. And they said that's, uh, it's, that's, from the three I mentioned, they, they said that's the best one. Um, so they had some in stock, but then the coordination to try to get that antenna up before raising the mass did just even happen. Mm. So, so is that going to happen though this week or next week? Or uh, it's going to happen at some point. At this, I mean, at this point, there is no rush anymore. Um, mm-hmm. But All right. uh, so at some point, yeah, okay, yeah, at some point. So hopefully, uh, there's room still for one more cable to bring it down up down the mast and get that uh, get that done. Okay, so how did that feel, you know, when the mast was finally raised? I mean, was that like a moment for you or, you know? Yeah, I, I think... I hope you took pictures, by the way. Yeah, I did I did take pictures. Uh, I was a little too close. The crane guy came to talk to me and says, hey, 
you need to stay you know this distance away <laughs> and <I'm> like okay <laughs> and uh, i mean yeah something could go wrong and um but yeah that was another little moment because uh i guess the first one was was when i saw the boat at the factory the second one was you know when the boat mm-hmm. was transported and i would say this one was another one because it, it starts to look like a boat, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> before it was just a hull, it doesn't have a mast. Mm-hmm. So now you have like, you know, you have some rigging. And, and yeah. so it definitely looks like That's a boat. That's so cool. So, so that was, you know, and, and it's, it's obviously they, they know how to do it and they do it well and quick. But, you know, you're looking at this and you're like, that's not a small job. And then when the first guy goes up the mast and they just barely uh, <laughs> secure the mast, and you're like, whoa, shouldn't you like check everything before sending somebody? And, you know, it, but <laughs> yeah, everybody like has a, a job. And, yeah. 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 It's, it just, <laughs> everything happens very quickly. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty cool to watch. Yeah. That's cool. So, um, yeah, we're, you've seen your parents, you've been spending a little bit of time with them. I'm sure eating a lot of galettes and, and stuff. And we're kind of going through all this while this coronavirus thing is picking up steam and hopefully I'll be able to get over there and meet you over there. Um, and not get stuck here and you're stuck there. That would, that would be awful. But, um, mm-hmm. so my fingers are crossed, but what about the other things like the flexitique and the, um, cockpit tent and some other things we were getting to? Yeah. So we bet the, about the flexitique. So this, um, this, I had gone to the factory, I don't know, probably the first week I came here. Um, I they were finishing all the cuts uh, for for a boat. When oh, I was so they're there. done with all the pieces. They just need to. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. So they are just rolled, and um, and so what they they will come install this once basically the commissioning is done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are a couple of reasons for that. Obviously, mm-hmm. now there's a lot of traffic. I mean, yeah, you, you have every day like five six people working on the boat. Uh, so it's it's pretty impressive. There's a lot of people uh, working on different things. Um, so it would not be a good time anyway with people going back and forth uh, to to put that on. And number two, um, the boat during this period of time, uh, I mean, we've paid, we own the boat, but the boat is really in the possession of ACY slash Uchimara, the commissioning company. And what they don't want is people to come board and potentially break something and suddenly like everybody's pointing the finger so they want to be responsible so even me um i can come onto the boat uh but the the agreement is um i basically coordinate with batiste the local person from our dealer here (laughs) so funny you need a chaperone they won't even let you on your own boat you know (laughs) yeah yeah it's i know for owners it might feel a little weird but there is a reason behind it Uh, that's kind of what i explained and and they've gave me a couple examples of issues that have happened with or trusting the owner and the owner goes there and does something and and then you know uh, maybe something. not doesn't own to it afterwards. So mm-hmm. so they basically have to pay to fix something that is broken. Mm-hmm. So in order to avoid, you know, blaming, I mean having kind of a playing the blame game or having yeah, to yeah, pay yeah. for no, stuff that, makes that sense. you know. So so I you know you just coordinate. I mean they're they're pretty uh, pretty flexible. So but that at that time I can come up and obviously another rule is um, you know there's the workers they work from nine to noon. 
at noon it's lunch time <laughs> and from noon to two and so and then from two to six they work and yeah. so you know it's it's a 35 hour week in france uh, yeah. so it, the day goes by pretty quick so they have some tasks and and if you go there and just talk to them and then you slow them down and you know yeah. so so it's it's kind of that's what they ask the owners to to do. So you can obviously come on the boat, just just coordinate uh, with the with uh, with a yep. here locally, and Got then um, yeah, that's what happens. So um, the tent, so yeah, yeah the it's been a process, right? So the let me just kind of explain. So we we had the option of ordering the tent from the factory, but. We wanted it so you could have the clear windows, you could have the um, textiline, or you could have it closed and you can roll them up and down and zipper them off and on and things like that. Um, so that wasn't op- an option on the factory options. Mm-hmm. So we found a custom person nearby and um, he was a little elusive in the beginning of this whole process of kind of nailing, nailing him down. But it sounds like you tracked him down and we're in his schedule somewhere, it sounds like. Um, how are you feeling after kind of meeting with them and, and seeing their work and stuff? It's the boating industry here. You know, it's it's hard to schedule and to say, hey, can you do my tent in March? And mm-hmm. they know there will be schedule changes, so they don't want to schedule. They don't bother, beforehand. yeah, putting yeah. you in the books. Yeah, so it's kind of like, hey, you know what? When your boat is here or when you come here, like let let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah, they're very so, in the moment, which is just another kind of bizarre thing. Yeah, 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 because there's so many moving parts. And things, they, not everybody controls everything. Um, so it's hard for them. To, they, they just adjust. And mm-hmm. so it's hard for owners because you're like, hey, you know, I want commitments. I want dates. I want this. I want that. Uh, and if they spend their time to talking to every owner about all these details and suddenly things get delayed and, you know, it's a waste of time. So anyway, now I'm talking to them. Uh, super nice, super helpful. Uh, like you said, we wanted to get a little bit more out of the tent. We want to be able to leave the tent as long as possible. Right. And uh, But at the same time, you know, if it's sunny and, you know, we want to be able to roll the, the plastic window so we have some fresh air without having to remove the panels. The whole thing, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then if it rains suddenly in the afternoon, you want to be able to, like, you know, roll back the the, 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 the plastic and then roll the, the textile to be able to see. So that that was kind of the uh, the idea, and so so they we talked about these. They're going to to do these. Uh, the other thing we wanted uh, that doesn't come with the standard uh, FP tent is the the panels in front of the helm station. Uh, we wanted to have you know not just plastic because when it's rainy, foggy, you cannot really see very well. But they have something called strata glass, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 still some flexible. It can be rolled loosely. Uh, but it it will give more of a feel like a regular glass panel. Is that what so, we're? Gonna, are we going to try to get that? I mean, because I thought we looked at that at one point and it was pretty expensive. Uh, well, I'm still uh, asking. We're oh, finalizing the details. We'll get the, we'll yeah, get a quote. You have and then, Cadillac taste, there, buddy. You better. No, be no, I don't. <laughs> yes, you do. You, you have to explore. You have to explore. You know everything, and then you make decisions. So, so we'll I see. Um, you have well, Harkin wenches and all this stuff. You you have pretty good taste in boat stuff. It's just a little bit scary. <laughs> you, you're rubbing on me. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> So, 
So anyway, we'll see. Very cool. So what's on deck? What are the what are the next things that are coming? Oh, the mass went up today. What else is going on? Well, the big one uh, is the bottom paint. Uh, so far, because of the weather, uh, it's not been possible. But now it looks like the next 10 days, uh, it'll be sunny. So for sure, uh, there's probably a little bit of backlog. Uh, we are one boat that it needs to get um, the bottom paint on. But I imagine there is a quite few other boats that are in the same situation. So uh, the good news is, you know, the next 10 days looks good. So they have some flexibility, but I'm sure they're going to want to get that done because who knows, the weather could change. So, so then <coughs> we are, because we've same thing we're talking about, how we've had many discussions about batteries. Bottom paint has been another topic where we've had many discussions. Right, we talked went back for copper and everything yeah. else. Yeah. So we've given up on the on the mm-hmm. copper coat, uh, and uh, we're going it's too to bad. It's, if you want to buy it, you can't. Yeah, it's it's too yeah, bad. Well, it, 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 you can, yeah. but the weather, like at this time of the year, and I mean, it, it's definitely there's some logistical stuff yeah. involved. And we covered that. a lot of that in in one of our first podcasts together. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're going with the standard uh, paint that is uh, suggested by our dealer. But now it's like I was reviewing the notes we've had and, and the conversations we've had, and, and I want to make sure that we're all on the same page. So, kind of same. We're moving the waterline up still, right? That's yeah. So one is to to see how many coats of of the epoxy primer, and and then uh, so that's that's uh, something we need to clarify. And then after that, it's the uh, the anti fouling. So there are three different coats, uh, two different products, and so the other decision uh, based on feedback from uh, from some owners is that if you're basically a liverboard cruiser uh, with all the equipment, you're going to sit lower in the water. So the standard height for the uh, bottom paint is kind of 10 centimeters, about four inches too low. Cool. So bottom paint's a big thing happening next. And yeah. um, any- uh, well, after that, I think as soon as the bottom paint is done, uh, the next thing will be that they want the boat in the water. And uh, Oh, wow. So when's that going to happen? Um, well, uh, after the bottom paint is done, so I don't know when that's going to happen, and but it could happen pretty soon. And also, they have to coordinate with the trucking company because the boat has to be put back on the truck, and it will be driven down the ramp, uh, and it has to be also coordinated with a low tide because they bring the the boat. Uh, on the ramp, uh, they put it on blocks, and then you wait for the tide to come back up. And the boat starts floating. Oh, it's uh, like the so, olden days. So they don't use yeah. like the lift or the. So so they do, but we when our boat got transported, they were saying there was a backlog on the port, and so there was no room for our boat. And so typically there is a crane, and then they put the boat in the water there, and that's the way it works. But since we're on the other side, we're kind of on the marina side. Um, at this point, uh, we're not close to the lift. Oh, there's and, like a log jam. Um, Okay. Yeah. So they they use the truck and they do this. So so that'll that'll be definitely a priority because they want to make some room for other boats to come there. And I think it's also a little easier once it's on the water, then they can also tension the standing rigging and they wait until that to really make those adjustments because the boat apparently like, you know, yeah. uh, will move. <laughs> so do you think so let's see, I leave I in in a week, 
in a couple days, maybe, do you think the boat will be in the water by then? Hard yeah, to say. That's, no, mm-hmm. way, yeah, hard to say. But because the weather forecast right now uh, looks pretty, pretty good, um, my guess is that they are definitely going to shift into gears to like focus on, on bottom paints for all different boats. So I think that's, that's given the weather forecast, that's probably the, the highest priority. Cool. So sounds like you got a lot done the last few weeks and um, more to come. And I'm excited to be able to come out there. I've got my fingers crossed that I will still be able to do that. Very good. Yeah, looking forward to, to see you here. <laughs> that'll, be a, uh, that'll be another moment. <laughs> <laughs> so what have I learned through all this? We are all connected. And we are all at the mercy of what Mother Nature has planned. Whether it's hurricane season, a snow blizzard in the mountains, or a global pandemic, she always has the last word. What about you? How have the current circumstances impacted your own plans or even your own ideas about what you want to do in the future? Please visit Covert Castaway Facebook page and share your story. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, like, or share with another Covert Castaway. Fair winds for now.